You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Culver City, California, I'm Giles Snyder. President Trump is expected to head early this week to parts of Florida and Georgia, stricken by Hurricane Michael. The death toll has climbed to at least 15, and officials fear that number will rise as rescuers go door to door. Last night, the president was in Kentucky, something for a three-term Republican congressman in one of the most closely watched races in the country. Kentucky Public Radio's Ryan Barton reports. Kentucky's 6th Congressional District includes both urban Lexington and the foothills of Appalachia. GOP incumbent Andy Barr is in a tight race with Democratic challenger Amy McGrath, a retired Marine fighter pilot. Trump won the district by more than 16 points in 2016. Barr's campaign is hoping some of the president's popularity here will rub off. You can either vote for Democrat mob rule or you can vote for a Republican party that stands proudly. For law and order, fairness, freedom, and justice. Voters here have alternated between sending Republicans and Democrats to Washington over the last 30 years, but there are about 90,000 more Democrats registered in the district. For NPR News, I'm Ryland Barton in Richmond, Kentucky. At the Vatican today, Pope Francis proclaimed Salvadoran Archbishop Oscar Romero a saint nearly four decades after he was murdered on a church altar by right-wing death squads. NPR Sylvia Petroli reports Romero's legacy had a strong impact on the Argentine-born Pope. 
In Central America, Romero's murder in 1980 was as devastating as Martin Luther King's assassination was in the United States. Romero's dedication to the poor and marginalized greatly influenced the first Latin American Pope. He left the security of the world, the Pope said, even his own safety, in order to give his life according to the gospel, close to the poor and to his people. As soon as he became Pope, Francis authorized Romero's canonization, a rebuke to his predecessors, John Paul II and Benedict XVI, who believed Romero was too far to the left. Romero was proclaimed a saint alongside Pope Paul VI and five lesser-known Europeans. Silvio Poggioli, NPR News, Rome. The ceremony at the Vatican coincided with the start of a journey of more than a thousand Honduran men, women, and children. They left northern Honduras this weekend, and Maria Martin reports they plan to seek asylum in Mexico or proceed to the U.S. border. This so-called march of migrants comes in the wake of last Thursday's meeting of Central American presidents with U.S. Vice President Mike Pence. Honduran President Juan Orlando Hernandez said at the time that recent flooding in his country might lead to more migration and asked the U.S. to restore proposed cuts to foreign aid to Honduras, where over 60% of people live in poverty. Back in April, a similar group prompted President Trump to renew his calls for tougher border security. This is NPR. Coming up next on The Serious Side. Is Brian Kemp blocking 53,000 voter registration applications? Stacey Abrams thinks so. Quote, Brian Kemp is maliciously wielding the power of his office to suppress the vote for political gain and silence the voices of thousands of eligible voters, the majority of them people of color. I am being harassed and followed. For so many reasons, the video Corey Lewis recorded on his cell phone has been seen around the world. I got two kids on babysitting. You see him being pulled over last Sunday by Cobb County police, answering a call in the Atlanta suburbs. And the officer asked the two children he was babysitting to step out of the car. Tonight, a Michigan jury has seen the surveillance video. The moment 14-year-old Brennan Walker knocks on Jeffrey Ziegler's front door. The high school freshman, who's African-American, said he was looking for directions when Ziegler, who's white, answered with a shotgun and fires at the team. President, he makes our core be in power. We have to bring jobs into America. I don't answer questions in simple sound bites. You, you are tasting a fine wine. It has multiple <laughs> notes to it. The liberal will try to control a black person through the these races. You think racism can control me? Kanye, back away from the cameras. Go get and make your case. Nobody, if you want to be conservative, if you want to support, but as you're doing it, have some sense with it. Make sense. Educate yourself. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Miss Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, Mr. Elias, and the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is October 14th, 2014. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. And of course, like the man said, I'm J. Rouse. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday with us, whether you're on your way to worship or whether you're back from worship or if you're just sitting on your patio 
drinking a cup of coffee and enjoying just the nice, brisk fall air. We appreciate you spending a portion of your Sunday with us. And, of course, as always, I never share the stage by myself. But I tell you, I'm almost by myself. But I tell you what, folks, people who have been yearning for this guy's participation, he is live again this morning. So, hey, stop sending me the messages asking where Johnny D is because Johnny D is live this morning. Let's say good morning to the man himself. Instead of talking to this man through characters, we will hear the voice of my main man, little brother, Mr. Johnny D. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, definitely. I'm uh, certainly thankful and grateful to be part of this broadcast. Uh, you know, you really never understand the significance of having the freedom of voice and the freedom of opportunity to educate and inform persons until you start getting the feedback. So, Jay, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank the listeners for being receptive to what all the contributors put out. And, again, just thankful to be here. Hey, man, you are the best, brother. And, of course, people love to get that knowledge. And so he is in the house this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, also, colleague from the J. Ryle Show, I love her to death, my big sis. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Vanessa Mae Belly from the McAnally. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good morning to you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Mr. Elias is out today. He is traveling, so you know what that means. Unfortunately, no chat room because I have so much going on throughout the course of the show. And since we can't hear from our world-famous chat room, then folks that are on the social media websites that I do actually monitor throughout the show, unfortunately we can't. You know, it's not fair. Maybe we'll talk to the pastor because I know the pastor's in the house. Kavina, man, I wish I could get to you. I'll try to get to you if time permits, but it's a lot going on behind the scenes. The number is 347 Eight five zero one two seven two three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. One last person to bring in. You know how I feel about this woman. She's also my sister. Uh, I'm not sorority. Uh, I'm not frat. But listen, I can relate to her. She's an author. She's a lawyer. She's a minister. She's a radio personality. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you? Uh, good morning, honorary frat brother. How you doing? Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I, you know, I'm going to stand up and do this first segment. That's how. That's how. That's how good I feel. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. And of course, our uh, our dear friend, the distinguished gentleman himself, uh, Mr. Jerome Esprit, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we hold it down once again. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. A lot to talk about today. Uh, first of all, we're going to start off in Georgia. Well, we know that the midterms are coming up. Uh, voter suppression is uh, alive and on display in Georgia. We'll talk about that first segment. Also, another edition of LWB, Living While Black. We're going to look at two situations where black folks are just doing what they do and white folks feel that they are the police of America and they can just do and confront people and do what they want to do. So we'll talk about that second set. And, of course, third set, we have to talk about the nonsense that went down at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, I know what you're saying. Jay, you say that every week. Yeah, but I tell you what, um, it's at a whole <laughs> new level uh, what happened this past week. So we'll we'll hear from people, and we'll play sound bites. But uh, sit back, relax. We have a great show for you. Once again, 347 
347 is the number you can get in, uh, and we would love to hear from you. All right. In Georgia, 53,000 votes are being suppressed. Now, one of the things that they're saying is the attorney general of the state is saying that, well, you know, we have this exact match rule, which means that if they do not fill out their voter registration to the information that's on their ID, then guess what? We are going to hold that vote. Now, there's 53,000 votes that are being held. Seventy percent of those votes are of people of color. Now, here's the twist. The Attorney General, Brian Kemp, is actually one of the candidates for governor. So if that don't stink to high hell, I don't know what is. So let's start the conversation off right there. Let me go to you, Vanessa, because I was, I was thinking about this story, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. You know, everyone knows Stacey Abrams, the African-American woman who's running for governor. She has the chance to be the, this nation's first African-American governor, female governor. Uh, and so now we have a situation where the state attorney general is saying, well, we're not, you know, we're going to hold these votes back because the bottom line is they don't match. So let's say that you had a last name of uh, uh, Stevens-Williams. If you just wrote Stephen Williams and forgot the dash, guess what? They will hold that voter registration because it does not exactly match the information on your ID. What do you think about this nonsense? And here's the deal that's the bigger and broader question. Republicans, this stuff is on full display what they're trying to do. What say you, Vanessa? I say this I heard about that some more this morning um, where they're talking about that man, where he's, you know, he's trying to get these votes and not have them where people can be counted. I, I think it's awful. We know it goes on, but I just don't know what we can do about this one, Jay, because this man is so well tied. He has his hands in so many, with so many people politically. I just don't know what the black people in that county, uh, that state can do. Um, I just don't know anything they can do because he's so tied. He can get away with it. I, I think it's awful, I, but the Republicans know, and everybody knows that they're going to be jacking with people about the proper IDs to go vote, and some people are saying, well, I don't feel like I need to have an ID to go vote. Well, I do. You have to have an ID sometime with your food stamps, so, you know, or with your Medicaid or with your insurance card, you know, be it all state or whatever it is. So I just, I think that some of this is crazy. I think that, I hate to say it, I think black people are going to have to do better by getting their IDs and everything that they need, I think that they know, black people know, that they're trying to suppress our vote. Black people know that Trump is crazy and he's in the White House, and we're still having to beg them to go and vote in November because me and Les are forever sharing stuff on Facebook back and forth between each other so people can see it. I I don't know what they can do in Atlanta. I just, in Georgia, I just don't know what they can do. I, I don't. Think about that lady who, it, who was going door to door, Jay, and they, they called the police on her. Wasn't she yeah, in Atlanta? Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, she was, so, uh, so she's ca- she was campaigning. And all of this stuff that's going yeah. on in Atlanta, in Georgia? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember oh. where she was, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, she's but in, it doesn't matter where, where it happens, somewhere. Kathleen. Well, the bottom line is it really doesn't matter what happens. The bottom line is that it's happening within this country. It's, it's, it's a shame. 
and 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 the other part of this whole thing is, and that's more of a living while black situation. So I, I want to definitely make sure that we address it. But you know, he, here's the deal: when we talk about what's going on uh, with the the uh, the governor's race in in uh, Georgia, you know, once again, the uh, state attorney general in charge of voters registration when he is a candidate instead of him recusing himself you know but republicans have been doing this for the longest you know if you go back and look in the past 26 years there there's only been one republican president who won the popular vote i mean the numbers tell us that america is left-leaning they're they're lean centric they're in the middle they're moderate but yet still republicans and if you go back and look at the number of votes that have happened this nation have voted for democratic have voted for democratic candidates overwhelmingly in the past x amount of years but because of all the gerrymandering Republicans control most of the state houses. They control most of the governorships. It's ridiculous what's going on. So, you know, let me go to you, Kathleen. Once again, what do you think about this? And here's the big problem with that whole situation. That race is tight. 47% Kemp is up by two in recent polling. So those 53,000 votes mean a whole lot, Kathleen. They mean everything. It means the it means the uh, it it means the outcome of that uh, candidate um, ability to to succeed in that race. Uh, Fifty three thousand votes. Let me let me put it this way: if it didn't mean anything, this man would not be doing all that he could to make sure that those voter registrations were held up. If it That's a good point. Court, yeah, that is if a it good wasn't point. important, why would he go all the way out on this, on a national scale, to hold it up? So, what the first thing he did was he tried to um, change the law so that the, um, you know, that, it, that there would be a stipulation in it that would prevent the voter registrations from going forth if they had, let's say, X. So they sued him. It went before the court, and he, and it was, uh, uh, that he lost. It, the lost, yeah. decision was in favor. Yeah, the first time, the decision was in favor of the voter, so the voter registrations had to go through. So he went back to the drawing board, redesigned the bill slightly, so that he could push it through again and now hold these fifty-three thousand votes, voter registrations. And so now he's able to hold it because they had when they sued him before. It was on one technicality of it, so he tweaked it and pushed it back through and held the votes again. So now it's about what can they do? They, Of course, they can sue again and also do all kinds of things, which they are doing, <coughs> excuse me, because I watched uh, Stacey Abrams on television talking about this as well. You but know, they're they running out of time. Injunction. They don't they're running have to out of be time. running out of time. They don't have to be because they can, if, if, in fact, this does go before a court and they're successful, they can at least say the, the results of this election cannot go forward until there's a determination on this decision right here. And then those 53,000 votes would have to be released and counted and included in that election. They don't have to. Why do they have to have the uh, results of the election before that's decided? That in itself would be uh, prejudic- prejudicial. So absolutely, there's more, and it's the most important thing. 
excuse me, is to never get to a point where they think there's nothing else that we could do. There's always something else you can do. Always. I'm not saying that everything that you do will be successful, but there's always something. And if you're not sure, call me. I'll help you come up with something. Georgia, if you're not sure, give me a call. Because there's always something else that you can do. And is this, um, is it so lopsided? I mean, you know, this is the man who's in charge of the vote and he's running for office. That in itself should be illegal. So the first thing exactly. Stacey Abrams should do when she wins this election, and I am going to say that I believe she will win this election. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think she's going to win. And the first thing she has to do is make changes in that and make sure that the person, yep. any candidate who's running for office cannot have their hands mixed up in the determination of the vote and who and control who is allowed to and who's not allowed to vote. That's why Georgia is having problems now because they, they have to stand up and, and fight against this kind of thing. It's outrageous, but they've been getting away with it now, and time's up. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely correct about that. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. 8501 Johnny D., uh, what say you in regards to this topic? Well, I certainly have to agree with uh, the comments from Dr. Williams in regards to what legislation need to be passed uh, after this particular election. Now, I'm, I'm not as optimistic that Miss um, Abrams will fare well, particularly with, uh, with, with this type of uh, voter suppression. But I think on, on a larger scale, what happens is the emboldness of not only the Republican Party, but, again, the Caucasian male. Uh, they are not going to give up their power and their status in the world that they perceive uh, easily. So the shenanigans that, that go on and the undergirth uh, behind the political curtain is just beginning to be a lot more prevalent because of social media. You've got 24-hour media news coverage. But as you said, Jay, these things have been going on for for the history of the, the, the voting process. Um, I, 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 my, my heart goes out to the entire system as, as it relates to, to voter suppression, uh, even, even in this state in which – uh, I call home, uh, which is North Carolina. You know, I I follow the the political spectrum pretty rapidly. Our Senate and House is predominantly Republican by large majorities, and you know what what I've noticed is that uh, the about two years ago, the Supreme Court indicated that our voting districts had been gerrymandered and they were unconstitutional, and of course each time that they have these meetings and they're supposed to change the lines. They never, they never do. So this is similar to what's going on in Georgia, just simply finagling of the laws and the rules and political posturing in order to maintain the power. You know, the words of Donald Trump is, is, is often prevalent in my mindset. When this man sets in and says that I can go in the middle of Manhattan and, and, and shoot somebody and we'll get away with it, Others feel the same way. They say, okay, if Trump can get away with it, then you know what? Let's see how far we can get away with it. And unfortunately, it's happening. You know, one of the amendments that's currently on the books here. Now, of course, this is, this is in order to rally the base for the Republican Party because they do understand that they're, they're going to probably be reeling. Not only have they cut down the amount of time that, that you can cast early voting, which was typically more prevalent to young persons as well as uh, minorities statistically. 
But with these weather events that we've had, Hurricane Florence and Hurricane Michael, it has impacted and affected those areas that are uh, most mostly Native Americans uh, live in the, 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 the southeastern part of our state, and the eastern part is predominantly African American. Well, of course, while the polls are in turmoil and the polling places are in turmoil, the Republicans have denied opportunities to extend the voting period or make it earlier because people are displaced. So maybe while, you, while you're there working at, on your home, you can come in on a Saturday now and vote, but they won't extend that because they understand it will be to their detriment. But in order to rally the base, what they have done is they put an amendment on the books that indicate that there's an amendment that impacts the wildlife, game, and fishing license. So that is targeted to get their base out. And it's those type of antics that uh, Mr. Kemp is playing with, with the name game. And it's sad, but, you know, unfortunately, this is the time in which we live. Yeah, you're right about that. And when you think about just the voter suppression period on a national level, you know, even think about the 2016 uh, presidential election. You know, I mean, uh, just a few votes in Wisconsin, maybe in Pennsylvania, we can have different results. It's unbelievable that what the Republican Party is doing, here's the thing that confuses me, is that, on one hand, you can say women are upset. You know, Brett Kavanaugh, you know, the bottom line is is that, you know, the Me Too moment has gained momentum and that we're really seeing a lot of female candidates out there running for office. And you say, man, I am inspired by that. But then you can flip that around and say, but wait a minute. We also have these crazy people that are out there uh, that are uh, getting their fire stoked up too. And so it's like, what do you do? I mean, it's like, this country is split. You can really see both sides of the uh, fence here because you have folks that are fired up about the nonsense that the, that, that the Republicans are doing. But then on the other side of that, and we talked about this a little bit last week, how when you look at these photos of people standing behind Trump and you just look at the people, don't look at Trump, look at the people behind Trump. You know, then go back and look at photos from the 50s when they were lynching us and you saw, you know, they have the same expressions on their faces, you know, 50. 60 years uh, between each of these events. You know, what this shows us is that we have people in this country who are really and truly, in my opinion, are filled with hate. When they know this man is doing what he's doing, it is just unreal. Let's get uh, Jerome here. Looks like he's checked in. Get his final topic on, final comment on this topic. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing? Good morning. I'm good. How you doing? Doing outstanding. Thoughts on what's happening in Georgia with the Attorney General suppressing the vote, so to speak. And this guy is on the ballot. I mean, how convenient is that? Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I actually like um, Stacy. What's her name? Abrams. I forgot her name again. Stacy Abrams. The person that's running. For the Abrams. Stacy Abrams. Stacy Abrams. Stacy Abrams. Yeah. I really yeah. like her response to this, right? So she said that they registered about. 280,000 new voters, and they're they're trying to suppress about 53,000. You know, although they are 70% black. The point that she's making, and and I know I make this when I do campaigns generally, is that you can do what you want to, and there's a natural fallout of. And, and she and she said we're fighting this, mind you, we're fighting this in the court. But she said, we're not as worried because when you run a race, 
that the majority of actual voters are going to vote for you, that's just kind of a cherry on top issue. That's that's how racism works, right? They're, they're thinking that the people who you can get off the roads are people who you think are inactive. So the way you start purging roads is you're saying, hey, if you didn't vote in the last four elections, we're going to purge you. Well, what she's saying is that when you're a newly registered person, you can't get purged off the rolls. So you're already on there. And in Georgia, you can also take your ID and go to the polls as well. So here's what my suggestion would be. If you think your name is getting purged off the rolls, send in an absentee ballot. Because what happens is that it goes through a whole nother channel. So when you send in an absentee, then they have to match it. If your absentee is coming from the address that they think that they purged you from, then your purge is null. Right? But if you go to the polling site, those are what they print out before you get there, and your name may not be on that sheet. So you can still vote even if you believe that you may have been purged. Because as long as you send it directly to the Board of Elections, technically they're going to count your vote. There are ways around this. And, and I, for her, as a candidate, I wouldn't even say that. I would say that like I'm saying it now. There are those of us, I mean, I'm not working um, the race in Georgia, but I would tell people to tell people that. If I was out, I would tell them that. Hey, you know what? Don't worry about vertiporage. Go to Board of Elections, get an absentee ballot. You don't have to worry about long lines. Go get an absentee ballot. Because in most states, they can actually count those on the day of election. Uh, on the day of an election, that's what they do early before the polls close. And then they just dump those numbers in there. And then they start putting in for the precincts. So I would tell everybody, yep. get an absentee and send those in. And do that anywhere you're, you are in the country. Because if they mail your absentee, Absolutely. you're registered to vote. Good point, Jerome. Good stuff as always. And of course, I just want to make sure that the state attorney general is saying that they can, they still have the ability to vote, but you know, obviously they're going to be throwing hoops and they have to jump through. It's just ridiculous. They're just trying to make it difficult. With all the news that's going on here, you know, I mean, good God, Trump has just, this guy has invaded our space and there's just so much going on. But in this morning's edition, of in four minutes or less, something that you need to know. We still have a slight problem the south of the border. We still have kids who are locked up and separated from their parents. We're going to keep an eye on this story because that's what they want us to do. It's still bait and switch. Here's this week's edition of in four minutes or less, something that you need to know. We'll be right back after this. Reporters got a rare glimpse inside a temporary shelter for migrant children in far west Texas on Friday. The facility opened in June as a series of huge tents on a remote stretch of desert just north of the Mexican border. Its capacity has rapidly expanded since then. It can now contain up to 3,800 children. Monica Ortiz-Uribe tells us what's driving the need for more shelter space and what it's like inside. Workers trim grass beneath a pecan orchard outside tiny Tornillo, Texas. There's not much out here beyond farmland. Down the way is a border crossing into Mexico, and next to it you can see the triangular tops of giant tents. The shelter currently houses 1,500 immigrant teenagers, primarily from Central America. No photos, no recording on the inside. Uh, appreciate you sticking to that. Before entering the facility, a government official orders reporters to put away their technology. 
This is as far as my microphone will go. Hey, baby, try to sneak something. It will catch you. Look like I ask you to leave. The shelter is spread out in an L-like shape with two segregated wings, one for boys and another for girls. Shelter staff dart about in four-wheeled utility vehicles. It's run like a mini city with its own ambulances, firefighters, urgent care clinic, and a sanitation crew. At both ends are soccer fields. The teens, ages 13 through 17, sleep on bunk beds in large air-conditioned tents. Friday's lunch menu was red tamales, refried beans, and rice. Migrant children are spending more time in the shelter system, an average of 59 days, twice as long as last year's average. That's straining capacity at roughly 100 federally funded shelters nationwide and created the need for more bed space at Tornillo. We now have the largest number of children in shelter in the history of the program. Mark Greenberg worked in the Obama administration's Department of Health and Human Services, or HHS. He helped oversee the Migrant Child Program. But it's not because arrivals are at a historic high. It's because it is taking much longer for children to be released from the shelter system. One reason, says Greenberg, is because some of the children's relatives are reluctant to claim them. HHS is now sharing sponsor information with Immigration and Customs Enforcement. ICE has arrested at least 40 sponsors. Really appreciate it. Mark Weber is a spokesman for HHS. He acknowledged that their stricter vetting process is causing delays. We don't want to place a child in a home where there's a potential threat. So we have to balance speed with safety. Weber also blamed the delay on the influx of children crossing the border. Their numbers are slightly up from last year, but still significantly below the record high set in 2014. The government is running an emergency shelter at a time when there is no emergency. Jennifer Podkol is the director of policy for a legal organization that represents kids in immigration court. It's still not in the best interest of the child to be separated from caring family um, and in a stable environment outside of detention. Kids who are close to being released to their sponsors are moved to Tornillo to free up space at other, more permanent shelters. More than half of them, close to 900, are waiting on the results of fingerprint testing on their sponsors before they can go home. For NPR News, I'm Monica Ortiz Uribe in Tornillo, Texas. The Trump administration is the most corrupt leadership that this nation has seen in the modern era. But Donald Trump didn't cause this rot. His team is just a very visible example of it. The problem of corruption is enormous, but we can tackle enormous problems. We've done it before, and we can do it again. That's why I'm introducing the Anti-Corruption Act. This is a landmark piece of legislation that would break the stranglehold that the wealthy and the well-connected hold over our government. The rich and the powerful are gonna hate parts of this bill. But we're not here to work for them. Sign up now to support the Anti-Corruption Act and help us make this government work for the people. I am being harassed and followed. For so many reasons, the video Corey Lewis recorded on his cell phone has been seen around the world. I got two kids and babysitting. You see him being pulled over last Sunday by Cobb County Police answering a call in the Atlanta suburbs. And the officer asked the two children he was babysitting to step out of the car. 
Welcome back in 347-850-1272. You're listening to the serious side of the beautiful Sunday. Hope you guys are having a great Sunday. If you are worshiping the Lord, hallelujah, give them all the praise. Say a prayer for us because, you know, we need it. Everyone needs prayer. Pray for the nation, of course, and pray for your fellow man. Also, if you're just pound to pound, listen to the show. We appreciate you. If you are listening to this show, take the lane, which most of you do. That as well. Don't forget now, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month for both men and women. So make sure you take a loved one to the doctor today. All right, this is a segment that we could probably have every week. You know, living while black. We have two situations that we're going to talk about here, and I want you to listen to both stories. We'll comment after you listen to these stories. So let's take a peek in here. Let's step out real quick. Listen. We'll talk on the other side. Online radio at its best. Good morning to you. With the parents of these children had to get a call from police scaring them silly that something was wrong. They had to verify that this babysitter was supposed to be with their children. I am being harassed and followed. For so many reasons, the video Corey Lewis recorded on his cell phone has been seen around the world. I got two kids and babysitting. You see him being pulled over last Sunday by Cobb County Police answering a call in the Atlanta suburbs, and the officer asked the two children he was babysitting to step out of the car. We ate at Subway at Walmart, went and got some gas. She pulled up talking about some, are the kids okay? Why wouldn't they be okay? Someone had called 911, reporting a suspicious black man with the children. See this black gentleman with these two little white kids, and I, so I just had a funny feeling. This morning, we're hearing that call to 911 from the unidentified woman who spotted them at a Walmart. I rode around again, and I said, let me see the little girl. He goes, no. And I said, well, let me just see the little girl and see if she knows you. What she didn't know is that Lewis runs a youth mentorship program with kids of every race and has babysat these kids for the past two years. He just got gas, and now he's pulling away. Should I follow him? No, I recommend not following him. And if I'm wrong, that's great. I'm, I'm thrilled. But if I'm not, you know, then, then these kids are okay. The children's parents are not happy. They understood what was happening, and they both said that they were scared. They said that they were scared that he was going to be arrested. They said they were scared they were going to say the wrong thing and that he would be arrested. The parents of the children were greatly upset by this and say they wish their children didn't have to learn this lesson. For all this caller knew, the babysitter could just as easily have been the children's father. There are families who look like this all across America, including mine. None of this would have happened if the babysitter and the kids were of the same race. Guys? And Steve, we understand that you had an experience similar to this one. What can you tell us? Well, I have a white daughter, and she was very aware of the looks that we would get. People would look at us sideways. Uh, I remember once we were in a farmer's market, and her response to it was to grab my arm, rub it, get close to me to really give people something to talk about. Or, it, or, or really tell them that she should have, that she belonged with me, that she was part of my family. I think there are so many families that look like this across America, uh, and this is something that you wish weren't happening uh, in 2018. Absolutely, Steve. Thank you for sharing that too. It really is something that has a lot of people talking. Online radio at its best. All right. So uh, you heard the story. Um, thanks uh, to ABC. Uh, ABC, Good Morning America, for that story, courtesy of ABC, uh, Good Morning America. You know, and it's just every time I hear stuff like this, 
it really gets my skin to boiling. And Vanessa, here's the thing that I want to definitely focus on here. You know, because remember the situation that happened with Trayvon Martin. You heard the lady say, well, he's leaving. Should I follow them? These white people think they have the authority to walk up to a complete stranger and ask, may I see the kids? Let me talk to the little girl. I mean, this is, oh, my God, I'm just trying to, let me just let you talk. Because I am so upset right now. I may say something that I may regret. Vanessa, what say you in regards to this story? <laughs> what you say? You're so mad you can't even think about this. You know, it's so many, there's so many mixed families in the world right now. So, And, and a lot of that came about out of the open when Obama uh, got in office. I saw a lot more of it on my job. And so for that lady to be like, can I see the child? Can I, should I follow? Should I come? I don't know these people think that they can come and track us down like animals to get answers out of us. Uh, you can't do that to me. So I think she's crazy. Um, they're just crazy. It's just such open racism right now. And if you're so concerned about children, and who they with, then you need to be writing your president and tell him to get them children out of them places where they're getting raped and, and abused and put them back with their parents if you're so concerned about some parents and their children and leave other people alone and get out of their business. Now, I will say this. I have seen it, looked at the person, uh, like, do you need my assistance? Is anything wrong? But then I was in closer contact than that lady. And when I got the feeling that it was family and it was all good, then it was all good. But for you to say, let me see the child, let me talk to the child, let me, that's insane. That is insane. <laughs> insane. But, you know, uh, yeah. racism is blaring. It's blaring. It yeah. is blaring. It's crazy. You know, these people think they have the authority, Johnny D, just to walk up to you. They have no badge. They have no authority. I mean, I guess they're, they're executing their right as a citizen. I, I mean, I, I, I cannot believe uh, that this type of stuff happens because if those roles were reversed and a black woman would have demanded from a white man who had two African-American babies in their backseat to see the kids and ask to see the kids, then guess who would have gotten pulled over? Not the man with the two kids. It would have been the African-American woman questioning the white man. I mean, what's going on in this country is something that I never thought I would see at this stage of my life. I thought that this stuff was left behind in the 60s. I mean, this is, I mean, what we're seeing now, I mean, yeah, racism has always been there, Johnny, but for this type of, where white people feel that, you know what, we have the right to demand from you Negroes, if we ask you a question, <laughs> you need to answer. It's like living back in the slave times. If you see a black man walking on a, on a, on a gravel road, white who, what you doing out here, boy? And you got to answer that question because, you know, they can drag you in the woods, whip you, take you wherever. I mean, we are reliving this today in 2018. What say you? Unbelievable. The emboldenedness of certain Americans now is is being compounded again, and, and I hate to continuously say this here, but but it really is it's, it's the Trump effect. Uh, you you yeah. see it in the mannerisms in which they drive. You see it in the mannerisms in which you know they they posture and they poise. Um, you know, recently I was I was visiting with my father, and and he has a, a photograph, um, and he. In his spare time, he'll do some picture framing work, and and, I, and I'm looking at this picture, and I said, Dad, I said, you know, I, I want that picture, 
But now on the picture, it depicted five African-American men. And, of course, this was uh, back in the 1940s and 50s. And he says, uh, he says, well, you know who that is? I, I said, no. I said, you know, I said, you look familiar. He said, that's your granddaddy. But they had signs that says, I am a man. Okay? So mm. it, it, it almost brings back that same type of reaction and reflection. Uh, each one of us can talk about these type of, you know, living black, while black moments. Um, many, many years ago, um, my, my brother runs a, a, a youth home and, um, my son at the time was five years old, and there was a, a, a Caucasian male that pretty much had grown up uh, since he had been two years old. They, you know, they, they had him, and so when we go out to this 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 kids area, this play area, you know, my son is saying "Daddy, Daddy," and nobody looks around. Now, mind you, I'm, I'm sitting there with all of the the soccer moms, and all of a sudden, this this one young man says "Daddy," so now I'm. I'm shocked because, one, he says that, but I understand that when you have no no family, anybody who shows concern and love is going to be represented in that fashion. And if you could have seen the looks that they gave me when he said that. Now, of course, as long as my son was saying it was natural, but now here it is, this, this young five, six-year-old Caucasian boy calls me daddy. Now, now, you know, I'm getting the stares and the glares. And to be quite honest with you, I felt uncomfortable. Now, of course... At that point in time, you're talking some 20 years ago, so I was still young within my thought process, but it goes on every day. But it, 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 it's an empowerment that is currently existing in America because everybody's hatred is so polarized that we really and truly need to, to, to be thankful, one, that we have the competency and the spirit to be able to overlook some of it because if not, it could really be a bad day. So, again, as, as bad as this scenario and situation is, it's going to continue to happen. And at some point, um, uh, my, my concerns is that it will be detrimental to those individuals who want to set back and, and challenge individuals' authenticity and, and their right to be African-American, black in America, however you choose to categorize yourself. But, again, once again, just another blatant, Display of the Trump effect. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Kathleen. Your thoughts? Hello. I think she's on mute. Yeah, you're here. Go ahead. Your thoughts, Kathleen. Oh, I, I, I thought you were going to say something. That's why I was waiting for you to finish. Um, oh no, no, no. Uh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to get your just. What do you what do you feel? I mean, I think the story says all it needs to say. I'm trying to maintain myself, oh, yeah, so I'm turning the mic over quick. It's interesting because um, you know, I, and I watched that news story with that reporter, and um, all of it just was making my stomach curl. Um, his yeah. story, his response to it, you know, it just all made me made my stomach curl. Because first of all. You know, most of the concern is for the kids, and the concern right. is for the, the the white parents of the kids and how they're worried about the kids. Never once did I hear them say how wrong this was in regards to the fact that there is a man babysitting and people feel justified in calling the police. The kids were worried that he would be arrested. <laughs> okay, rightfully so, but their concern is still for the kids. So to me, when I'm listening to this, 
it's like, okay, just like you said, Jay, it's with thinking in the same frame of mind as though we were in the Jim Crow era and saying, well, what's different right now? Okay, what's different right now is, yes, there's a law in the books that black people are free. Yeah, okay. Yet now <laughs> black folks have a little bit more money and they own some property. And a few, a couple of them, a spattering of the, a spattering are holding political offices and there's been a black president. So that's different, right? But what else is different? Not a whole lot. So what has to happen, I feel, is in response to this living wild black and the outrageous voter suppression that is now on the national scene, I don't think it, it's obviously it's not new, but it's on the national scene, is, is, um, it's got to be an advanced response from what happened be- with Dr. King and Rosa Parks and everyone else who was fighting this locked arm, lockstep across the country fighting for the civil rights and the maintaining of our civil constitutional right to live free in this country and participate in it just like every American is entitled to. That's what we have to do because I believe that some people are so like, oh, man, i got to protect my job. I can't be out there marching, let, let other people do it. Who has time? I'm not going to jail for somebody I don't know. It, it, was, it was that we didn't have that attitude then because it affected everybody, and now I think folks don't think it does. And the other thing that needs to happen is a national outcry to find out the identity of this woman. They keep saying unidentified. She's not unidentified. She's yeah. on 911. They know exactly who she is. <clears throat> but they Absolutely. know there has to be a repercussion if they release the white woman's name and identity. Right? Mm-hmm. has to be a national outcry because she's sitting back and she knows who she is, too. If I'm wrong, then great. Oh, yeah, well, then fine. But the kids will be safe. What was suspicious about him? Nothing. I looked at this. There's nothing suspicious about him. So, And they also have not said great, right? So good morning, America. I think Michael Strahan ended that. Oh, thank you very much for sharing your story about your white daughter. I'm like, what? Come on. That's why there's yeah. such a need for the serious side, because when you see it on television, it does not spark outrage at all. No outrage. It's just like, oh, well, you know, and now we're going to go to the dogs that were rescued in the storm hurricane Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You're right, Kathleen. That's a good point. I heard you giggle, Jerome. Go ahead and uh, give me your uh, thought before we get to well, the phone call. That is hilarious. The the concern about the story about his white daughter it had nothing to do with the guy who was about to get shot because some called police on him for uh, something unnecessary. He shouldn't even have had a, even an interaction with the police, right? He shouldn't have had to show no ID. He shouldn't even talk to them. But believe me, if he wouldn't have cooperated, we'd be having a different discussion where half the black folks and most of the white folks would have been like, he should at least just show them ID, right? Mm-hmm. He shouldn't even have had the interaction. So they need to release yeah. that white woman's name. And the reason I say it that way, I was just speaking about an incident for me in college, and something happened, and instead of asking the white female what happened, they asked all the black people because they wanted us to be able to, um, oh, I'm sorry, to let her off the hook from saying anything. And so luckily we were all smart at about, you know, 17 years old saying, ask the white girl. That's pretty much all I kept saying because I meant to be disrespectful. 
because they were protecting her from having to say, oh, this happened, and none of them fools were around. Right? We weren't even there, by the way. It's just that when we came, they asked us if we knew anything, and we are like, why are you not talking to her? Why are you coming to us? Because it was easier to put us in a system to let her off the hook than have us give hearsay what I think might have happened and it could have been this person. It was, it's crazy. This is not new. And even when I talk, even when I hear, um, you know, people on TV saying we are in polarized times and polarized politically and everybody's dug in, everybody has not dug in. Republicans are masters at this. Whenever they start showing their butt, they start saying, well, both sides of the aisle. both Because they want to believe that there's parity, right? It's like Melania said, I'm feeling like I'm the most bullied, one of the most bullied people on the planet. Really? Yeah, you got the biggest bully next to you. But there's yeah. parity because if I say everybody else is doing it, it justifies me doing it. So white folks are masters at this for making people, like, they're crying wolf when they're actually about to take away your health care. They're running commercials talking about the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, want to take away your health care. Them, them fools put up legislation to get rid of um, no preconditions. Like, they're, they're putting up legislation, and then they're still running commercials saying that they're doing it. So they're masters at this. So I think that yeah, as far, as, far as we're concerned, we need to stop dealing. And I know this is risky, and sometimes you can't say this across the board, but we really need to stop participating. And what I mean by that is sometimes we have to just kind of nullify dealing with white folks and systems. I know, and I, I'll explain this later. Don't send Jay. Don't 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 send Jay any any letters or, or notes. But I won't read them today. <laughs> well, I won't read them today, Mister. You know, I but, it is, but this is kind of crucial to us, Jay, because we're we're. It's not that we're at a tipping point. White folks have always been like this, but. They're they not masking it no more like they used to. Yeah. They feel empowered. You know what? That's a great point right there, Jerome. That's exactly what I mean. Right there. I mean, it's in the open. It's like, you know, before we would, uh, nowadays, oh, no. We feel emboldened to walk up to you and ask you what you're doing. Oh, do you live here? You want to block an African-American doctor from entering her complex because, oh, well, what are you doing? I mean, uh, and going to stop. And keep, keep in mind now, remember that story? When we did that story a few months ago, that guy didn't even live there. <laughs> so he's going to stop somebody from going to their property. Oh, my God. Don't, don't get me. Okay, let's, let's get out to the phone lines real quick. Guys, been holding for a while. Mike from Singapore is checking in with us this morning. Good morning, Mike. How you doing? Welcome to the serious side. Yes, thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, I am sure you know about the uh, Black Wall Street, the uh, race riot that destroyed Black Wall Street in uh, to- near Tulsa in 19, uh, June 1st, 1921. Do you remember anybody? Do they remember it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I remember reading about that. I mean, you know, because you have to get that history. You can't. Here's the deal. You, you can't get it in normal textbooks. You have to go find that information. But, yeah, but go ahead. Uh, talk the about the Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We, uh, yep. There were uh, th- um, thousands of uh, ISIS uh, KKK got together 
and burn the city to the ground, grocery stores that these black uh, people uh, working and uh, for the community, whether you are white, you are green, yellow, it doesn't matter, but they destroy them. And uh, we go back to now. We First of all, we once you vote, your vote goes to electoral college. Electoral College, they uh, bring the president out of the genie, out of the bottle. Not we. We don't have to do nothing. I mean, we'll just vote. Okay, vote. We are happy that we are vote. But Electoral College must be abolished from the United States if we want real democracy, if we want uh, no more uh, presidents come genie out of uh, bottle anymore. We have to abolish electoral college. Otherwise, we will see the same kind of crap uh, from the day of the, this nation born. We never had the democracy. We would never had uh, freedom because uh, electoral college choose the, whoever they want to. Is that fair to us? No. We have to have multi-party system in this country. What the hell is Democrat and Republican? Both of them hijack us, hijack the democracy, and hijack uh, everything, and then uh, all the money goes to their pockets. Right. Have you noticed that? We have, Mike. It's it's something that we talk about every Sunday here, and you know, and I'm not sure how often you listen to the show uh, in Singapore. But the bottom line is, we, we definitely uh, notice this, and it's just something that we try to uh, address every week right here. Thank you so much for the phone call. Uh, it's the top of the hour. Uh, I wanted to get this other one in real quick. I, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go just a little bit. And uh, I want to get this second one in, and real, some real quick comments on this one, and then we'll we'll get back Jay. to it. And this is a story about an African American young man who. Uh, let me just let you listen to it, and we'll talk on the other side. Online radio at its best. Tonight, a Michigan jury has seen the surveillance video. The moment 14-year-old Brennan Walker knocks on Jeffrey Ziegler's front door, the high school freshman who's African American said he was looking for directions when Ziegler, who's white, answered with a shotgun and fires at the team. I turned back and I saw him aiming at me. I was trying to run away faster and I had a gunshot. Walker, who missed his bus on the way to school last April, got lost and needed help. There's a lot more to the story than what's being told. Ziegler, who's charged with assault with intent to murder, told investigators he thought he was being robbed and says when he tripped, his shotgun accidentally fired. Police say he clearly aimed. That's just completely unacceptable on every level. So I don't know how you would justify it. Tonight, the tale of the tape now in the hands of a jury after a 14-year-old could have been killed asking for directions. Miguel Almaguer, NBC News. Online radio at its best. So here's a story of a young man who missed the school bus. Now, keep in mind, missed the school bus and uh, stopped by someone's house just to ask, hey, look, I'm new to the neighborhood. How do I get to the school bus? This 
guy comes to the door with a shotgun. And if you've seen the video, he said he tripped and the shotgun went off. That's a lie. He stepped out on this porch and took aim at that young man. And now he's saying, well, there's more to it than what meets the eye. Really? Your security yeah, camera caught the whole thing. Then he said he pointed the gun in the air when he actually when yeah, he yeah. When you look at it, he clearly aimed at that young man. He said, and I if he wasn't such a lousy right. shot, like you said earlier, Jerome, this conversation would be going in a different direction. Go ahead, man. The floor is yours. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, he he said that um, he had didn't have a good grip on a gun, and he meant to point it up, and he pointed it down at him. So when you see the video, it is clear. He's been hunting before, so from his stance and how he pointed that gun, he deliberately, you know, went at that guy. And so it's it's again it falls into the same um, same logic that white folks feel emboldened, right? Wow, that I don't know what it is, and I don't I can't blame um, them across the board because I think that people are programmed to be in fear of black people. They're programmed that way, and they can't even admit it so much that it make, it's making them react. We know that there's racist, crazy people, but the the second tier of that is that you have white females defending misogyny, racism, and they're like, oh, y'all just mad. It's like looking at the Kavanaugh thing again, right? It's like, oh, the Republican numbers are coming back because they're mad about how you treated Kavanaugh. It's like, yeah, but you believed her, right? Yeah, I believe her, but you shouldn't have treated him like that for sexually assaulting her. And the way they went about it was wrong. That's how people justify how they treat black people. So even as I was watching that hearing, it just reminded me, like, yeah, a black person gets shot and killed. The white guy can have killed them, but they don't like how they treated the guy who killed the black guy. So now they want to not convict them. That's exactly what happened in the Kavanaugh. So, oh, and by the way, for your caller, um, out of the last seven presidential races, Republicans only won the popular vote once. Yeah, so, talked yeah, about that the first set. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely correct about that. We mentioned that in the first set. And I think in the past 26 years, only one Republican president actually won the popular vote. And uh, that just goes, goes to show you, you know, what's going on with this country. Let me get one more comment on this, and then we'll finish it on the other side. But I want to get one more person. Let me uh, 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 let me get to you, uh, Vanessa, just your thoughts on this real quick. And we'll let people comment on the other side, but we definitely have to step out for a second. Vanessa, what do you think about this? I mean, well, I've done just, this before when I was a young kid. Just, just knock on the door and say, excuse me, sir, how do I get to – you know, remember the story we did four years ago about the young lady who was, uh, she had been out drinking all night, and she was coming home, and she knocked on the door, and this guy shot her. I don't even remember what happened with this story. I have to go back and look look at what happened on that. Vanessa, your thoughts on this one? Well, it's, it's kind of, Jay, like what happened in Houston. Remember the baseball player who was trying to make it home to his own house? And, oh, that was, um, yeah, yeah, that happened in Bel Air. Yeah. They got away, and they yep, kind of got away with it. It's kind of like that to me. This, he got shot trying to make it to his own house. So to knock on somebody's door and then just aim and shoot, what state was that in? I'm just curious. What's, you what know, I don't know where that, that was. I have to go back and listen to the story. But but I guess, I would you love know, to but, know where you know, that happened. Yeah, I'll go back mm-hmm. and look at it, look, look it up during the break. Uh, but if you it doesn't okay, matter yeah, but where it happened, Jake, because it shouldn't have happened. Yeah, but, that's yeah. shot by police. This is a guy, and it, it just knocked on the door. 
I mean, so he's go, he's attending in a school in a neighborhood apparently to have these type of people who live there. He said he thought he was being robbed. A kid outside with a, a backpack on doing school no, hours he thought he was being robbed. Wait, I mean, this, this is, this is nonsense. No, no, Jay, huh? his wife answered, his wife answered the door first, right? So the story goes. Yeah. When a guy comes up to knock on the door, he said, I missed the school bus. Which way is the school? And so he was asking the woman, and then the guy comes out of the back and yells and grabs his shotgun. They have audio of this. Oh. So his wife talked to him first, and he came secondary. So why would he think that? He said, oh, he tried to open the screen door. So I thought he was trying to rob me. See, so they, they, it's looking worse for them every time they tell a story because technically the wife corroborates the fact that he asked about it. He said something about missing his school bus. Well, but the, but, I, I but mean, the husband says, I thought he was just trying to rob me. They use what they can. Yep. It is. They, they use what they can on this stuff. It's unbelievable some of the nonsense that goes on in this country. Oh, boy, Mike, thanks for checking every single part. Right, coming up next going to let uh, hear Johnny D's comments on this particular story. Plus, we're going to talk about Kanye West. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You listen to the serious side. We'll be right back after this. The serious side continues after a short break. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, both of my daughters were pregnant, and everything I was looking forward to turned into everything I was going to miss. First words, first steps. Being there for my grandchildren, for my daughters. Today, those babies are three. I'm with them all the time. I don't know what's next, but I know I'm here today. My name is Alanthea Pena, and I'm Susan G. Coleman. Nothing is ever the same. Changing houses. faces, different bedrooms, different beds, and this trash bag filled with everything I have. I don't want to feel alone anymore. Help us show her she's not alone. Join us at Together We Rise to change the way kids experience foster care. This is a test. Uh, as we jump into the second set with laughter, a hearty laughter from Toxic Style. Welcome back in, folks. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Good Sunday morning to you folks and welcome into the serious side of the TJRS broadcasting live from the Smooth Jazz Jazz Cafe. You are listening to the TJRS Radio
Empower. We have to bring jobs into America. I don't answer questions in simple sound bites. You, you are tasting a fine wine. It has multiple notes to it. The liberal will try to control a black person through the these races. You think racism can control me? Kanye, back away from the cameras. Go get and make your case. 
Nobody, if you want to be conservative, if you want to support, but as you're doing it, have some sense with it. Make sense. Educate yourself. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse show. Happens every Sunday morning, right here. We're going a little over because there will be no chatter boxes for because this definitely has the sound. But the rest of the gang is in the house to say good morning to uh, the very lovely Vanessa May Bailey from the Macanelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning. Ah, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit. What's going on, Jerome? How you doing, man? I'm chilling. Hey, Vanessa. Hey, hey, Kathleen. Just want to say hey to everybody on the line. Good morning. <laughs> morning. You know, Kathleen, is, this is her day of work of employment, so she's, That's you know, right. outspread the good word. So Kathleen was here earlier, but she's uh, at, at that altar space right now. And, of course, the man who's our resident texter, but he is in the house. Hopefully he'll be here more often than one and only Mr. Johnny D. What's going on, John? How are you, sir? Good morning. I just want to say good morning to everyone. Good morning, Mr. Johnny thank D. thank you for this opportunity. Well, thank you, ma'am. Definitely. It's so delightful to be here with you all. Delight to have you, my brother. Of course, I want to say what's up to everybody out there. I know Kavita Man was in the house because he's always here. Good morning, Kavita Man. Not sure who else. You know, when Mr. Elias is not here, no chat room. Um, I can't say hello to the peeps out there. I try to keep it fair. You know, if we can't say hello to the chat, I can't say hello to people that are listening to the show. I know the pastor's out there as well. You know, Pastor Jones, I may just sneak one of your comments here. But no chat box this morning from this break. NPR News Update, then we're going straight to my favorite part of the show on a need-to-know basis. But our media director of social media is in the house. Jackie, good morning, Jackie. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? Good morning, Jackie. Good morning. Just one, of course. So, Jackie, how do we uh, tell us what we need to do if we're not, if you're not listening live, you can stay in contact with the show. What do they need to do? To make that happen, Jackie. If you want to keep up with the TJRS Radio Network, definitely follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And all three pages have are have the same ending handle: Facebook.com/groups, Twitter.com, Instagram.com/TJRS Radio. And if you want to email about anything. Email at SeriousSide at Outlook.com. Keep up with us. We appreciate you, Jackie, as always. All right, once again, 347-850-1272. We appreciate you guys so much. You just don't understand. So now, before the break, we had our, our uh, I guess, our monthly segment of Living Wild Black, because we can do this every, probably we can do it every week, but we Maybe we should do it once a month. You know. Also, people are asking about YTP. Uh, your thoughts, please. That'll be coming back next Sunday when we take um, hodgepodge or a variety of topics and try to knock them out in one second. So let's get Johnny D's thoughts on the young man who knocked on the front door and was greeted by a shotgun. Your thoughts, Johnny, before we move on to Kanye West. Well, first, just to... Uh Bad commentary and a specific location. This Rochester Hills is somewhere in the suburbs of Detroit, in that area in Michigan. So that's where the incident occurred. Um, 
I, I will say this here, without knowing all of the facts, I, I will certainly extend some, some appreciation to the law enforcement officials because it does appear on the surface, based on Mr. Ziegler's initial account of what transpired, that they could have suppressed and buried this story if, if they chose to do so. Uh, but because they, they did some fine investigatory work, then, you know, I would applaud them. Now, that's, that's minding the fact of who actually filed the charges. I would like to believe that the young man told his family and his family contacted law enforcement. But at this point in time, I, I have not abreast myself so much into the story that I don't know that part. So, again, I, I will leave it as a compliment to the law enforcement. But, again, a sad testimony. Clearly, he was not tripping. It was intentional for him to actually uh, fire upon the man. Uh, you can tell by his, his location and aim and, and intentional. Uh, with all points and purposes, it was intentional because if, in fact, you fear for your life, then you're not going to open up the door. So by the mere fact that he opened up the door and stepped out, uh, legally, he's not even bound once he goes beyond the threshold of his home. Now, if the young man had entered his home, then whole entirely different story. But by the fact that he went out in the public, I'm surprised he didn't get charged with uh, going to the arm of the terror of the public by stepping outside of his home. But again, good law enforcement on this right here, and I hope he gets his just due. Absolutely. If you look at the clip, the uh, definitely it was the law enforcement officers who actually brought the brought the tape out and said, "Okay, come on, this is ridiculous. This guy, the, the, the tape clearly shows that this fool did not trip or do whatever they said he did." All right, so let's get to the story of the week because I tell you, everyone's talking about this. I'm actually watching a live feed from London, and that's all that's been playing is Kanye West. You know, so we had all these people affected by this most devastating storm that hit the American shores, and what's Donald Trump doing? He's a campaign. Rally's talking about Pocahontas and having the one and only Kanye West in the White House. Let's listen to this story. We'll talk on the other side. Unbelievable. Online radio at its best. Overnight, rap star Kanye West extending his DC tour, taking his show on the road to a local Apple store. He is open to adjusting. Just hours earlier, a stunning scene in the Oval Office, capped by that remarkable embrace with the commander in chief. I love this guy right here. But it's West's 10-minute freewheeling profanity-laced monologue that's making waves. While sitting next to football Hall of Famer Jim Brown, West praised President Trump. Trump is on his hero's journey right now. And he might not have expected to have a crazy like Kanye West. And that red Make America Great Again hat. It was something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. At times, pounding the historic resolute desk to make his point. Manufacturing. Freestyling on more than 40 topics. It's a hydrogen-powered uh, airplane. If he don't look good, we don't look good. So when I said I like Trump to like someone that's liberal, they'll say, oh, but he's racist. You think racism can control me? The entire spectacle seeming to even leave the president speechless. That was quite something. At one point, West revealed he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, but said he got a second opinion. He said that I actually wasn't bipolar. I had sleep deprivation, which could cause dementia. West raising eyebrows for some of his comments about race. You know, people expect that if you're black, you have to be Democrat. I have a, uh, I've, I've had conversations that basically 
said that welfare is the reason why a lot of black people end up being Democrats. Overnight, reaction pouring in. This is white supremacy by ventriloquism. A black mouth is moving, but white racist ideals are, are flowing from Kanye West's mouth. Still, for President Trump, who has his eye on the midterms and who struggled to win over African-American supporters, the visit by such a high-profile person of color could prove to be powerful optics. In these photos obtained by TMZ, West even convincing the president, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, to wear Make America Great hats, saying the word again is offensive to some blacks. A surreal scene and an Oval Office first. He's been a great guy. He's a smart cookie. Online radio at its best. Well, let me say this. When this all went down, I, I said, I cannot wait until Sunday. You know, usually you want to enjoy your Saturday. I'm like, hurry up Sunday morning, get here, because I cannot wait to have this conversation with my peeps. Jerome, the floor is all yours. I know you didn't come to me, because, you know, you, I'm sure you no, figured I had no, nothing to say go, on this. Let me go first, Jay. Let me go yes, first. Yes, go, Vanessa. Go ahead, Vanessa. going to go home. Okay, first of all, let me start by saying our president is the one who says that people should kneel for the national anthem. Now, Johnny D., I know my other comparison might not have been apples to apples, but please listen to this comparison. You are mad because football players are not getting out there kneeling for the flag, but you got a crazy, deranged black man in the White House dropping the M-bomb and... You think that's okay? You think that is respectful to have somebody in the White House speaking like that, and you just smiling and grinning because you done made a fool out of this black man who's supposed to think he's going to represent all the black people of the world? Kanye West's ignorancy does not represent me, okay? He, he doesn't represent me. And and for him, to, he, he, if he don't look good... We don't look good. I mean, just <laughs> ignorant. I, That's pretty good. I couldn't believe it when this was going on. <laughs> I was screaming in my house looking at this live. I could not believe it. But it's all a setup to make us look like we crazy, to make us look like we act like Kanye. Why do they have to pick a black person as an example and let it be Kanye? Why the black person to be on TV, on the news, always got to be crazy, got gold teeth in their mouth and acting stupid? Why do they always have to pick somebody to try to represent the black people that act like him? That's what I want to know. He's just ignorant. Well, it's always that whole, that whole thing, Vanessa. You know how they do. When, you know, when one black person do, you know, if a white person does something, oh, man, he's deranged. But if a black person do it, oh, look at look at See, that's how they act. That's how they you know, it's like one person has the right, or they're the you publicist people. for the you whole people. race. It's unbelievable. Ooh, okay. I'm so glad well, you know, to this segment before I step foot in that church house, because I know I'm going to put my earpiece <laughs> in and listen, because I know Jerome is fixing to go <laughs> home, and I'm just going to sit back, y'all, the rest of the show, because I'm on my way to Jenny's uh-huh. church, but I want to hear this, so you got it, Jerome, but I have to say about uh, it. Uh, there it is. <laughs> Pray, pray for him, pray for him. Jerome, man, I mean, when I saw this spectacle, it was almost, there were two things going on for me. I said, first of all, once again, it's this whole thing. Look at the emperor, you know, sitting up there on his throne while one of his royal subjects is kissing his behind or the godfather. The only thing that was missing was he didn't extend his hand for Kanye to kiss the ring. 
But the but 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 when you look at it from a from a different perspective, I man, this guy needs help. I, I mean, what you saw. I mean, this guy is he is cuckoo for cocoa puffs. I mean, and I can't even read some of the comments that came in on Twitter about this guy. Jerome, man, your thoughts about this whole thing, man? Uh, what you thought when you there. saw this nonsense take place on TV? Well, personally, I wouldn't watch it live because you know I just I don't do that. I didn't and, either. Um, I didn't even watch the whole thing. I couldn't watch the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I don't like this. I don't watch train wrecks. I don't, you know, I don't like to watch car crashes. I really don't like to look at <laughs> crazy people. But one of the things that um, I think we missed is that not only was Jim Brown in the room, but Ted Nugent was there. Yeah, what was he doing there? Ted Nugent was there with Kanye. Now, oh, was he? How, huh? Was he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Yes. Yeah, it was and a so, bunch of other stars there, too. Yeah. Mm. And so we need to pan the room and say, how many presidents bring in the craziest people, um, French people, and then invite a bunch of cameras? Because if the crazy people are praising you, you are the king of crazy people. Right? You need to look at it for what it's worth. So nobody is taking it serious, but we need to take it we need to take it serious in our own commentary to understand what was Trump doing. He was he was putting himself around people who he considered um thoughtful and balanced and all these other things. So if he is the king of crazy people, guess who he is? And for anybody who's saying I want to vote for Trump because of the economy, you're just as dumb as the rest of them. Because it's getting it's been ridiculous a long time ago. So yes, if you don't know, if you don't know that you criticize Obama and the economy is on like a nine ten year run, because it was getting better doing Obama, but you you can't you can't say anything nice about him in the economy, but you're giving Trump credit for something he didn't do. That is crazy. So all of y'all who are supporting that fool and saying we need the GOP need to take the House and we need to keep the Senate, all of y'all fools need to get a reality check because now you're crazy. You're Kanye. That is your crew. Y'all own that fool. So Kanye, Ted Nugent, all of them fools who were there, they invited a gang. They, matter of fact, the asylum has come to the White House. They made that a mm. mental hospital. Wow. Well, those are some strong words right there. And, you know, speaking of uh, comments and reactions from different people, I want to play something that CNN's Don Lemon, and everybody knows. I mean, Don Lemon's okay, but but I have to play what he said, and then I want to get Johnny's remarks on the other side of this. Wow. Online radio at its best. I, listen, I, don't, there, I have no animosity for um, Kanye West. I'm just going to be honest, and I may get in a lot of trouble for it. I feel actually feel bad for him. What I saw was a minstrel show today. Him in front of all of these white people, mostly white people, embarrassing himself and embarrassing Americans, but mostly African Americans, because every, every one of them is sitting either at home or with their phones watching this, cringing. I couldn't even watch it. I had to turn the television off because it was so hard to watch him sitting there being used by the president of the United States, the president of the United States exploiting him and exploiting, I don't mean this in a disparaging way, exploiting someone who needs help, who needs to back away from the cameras, who needs to get off stage, who needs to deal with his issues. And if anyone around him 
cares about him, the family that he mentioned today, or whomever, his managers, maybe some other people who are in the music business who know him, they need to grab him and snatch him up and get Kanye together because Kanye needs help. And this has nothing to do with being liberal or conservative. This is to do with honesty. And we have to stop pretending, sitting here on these CNN panels or on whatever network panels, and pretending like this is normal. And let's have this conversation about Kanye West and what he's doing. Who cares? Why are you sending cameras to the Oval Office for Kanye West? Did you send cameras to the Oval Office and carry it live when Common visited the White House? Common visited the White House and did a beautiful um, poem, spoken words. Talked about how black people are kings and queens, how we need to rise up and do better. He didn't disparage anybody. He didn't speak in non sequiturs. He didn't do anything awful. And you know, the only people who criticized him and the only people who really covered it were Sean Hannity and his band of hypocrites who are now, uh, who, who are now applauding Kanye West, the same people that many uh, in that group called the N-word because of Taylor Swift and because of George Bush. And now all of a sudden, he is the person who represents the African-American community. He doesn't. We need to take the cameras away from Kanye and from a lot of this craziness that happens in the White House because it is not normal, and we need to stop sitting here pretending that it's normal. This was an embarrassment. Kanye's mother is rolling over in her grave. I spoke to one of her friends today, or texted with one of her friends today from Chicago, Donda's friends. I used to live there. I know him. She said Donda would be, would, would be embarrassed by this. She would be terribly disturbed by this. And Kanye has not been the same since his mother died. He kept talking today about, oh, uh, I put the hat on and the hat made me feel strong and wearing a cape. He needs a father figure. He needs someone to help him and to guide him. And he needs a hug more than anything. Kanye, back away from the cameras. Go get and make your case. Nobody, if you want to be conservative, if you want to support, but as you're doing it, have some sense with it. Make sense. Educate yourself. You know. Online radio at its best. You know, Johnny D, once again, man, when you saw this spectacle at the White House, and, you know, I didn't even know Ted Nugent was there, but just the fact that the aura of the Oval Office. You know, I remember people used to see people in the, I remember George Bush said you could, you know, people couldn't even enter the the Oval Office without wearing a suit jacket. I mean, just to, just, just that whole thing. And now you have Kanye West walking in there, cursing like an idiot, pounding his hands on the Resolute desk. I mean, this is, man, here's the part that's so scary about it. Americans are not paying attention to this stuff. They're not paying attention to this. They're not. And it's unfortunate because this is the type of nonsense that they need to be paying attention to. This is crazy, man. What say you in regards to the Kanye West visit? People are dying and suffering, and this fool is in the White House talking about some type of plane that the president needs. I mean, this guy is an idiot, man. Like uh, like President Obama said, man, he's a jackass. Your thoughts? <laughs> Uh, you know, Don Lemon did a, a, an excellent job of trying to rationalize the irrational. I, I myself yeah. don't overcomplicate the situation uh, or get perspective in the magnitude that he did. Uh, I, I do refute one thing that Mr. Lemon indicated is that he didn't make a fool of himself 
the intentions was to make a fool of the of the individuals who Donald Trump is has targeted since his mischaracterization of President Obama and who we are as a people. So I'm one who believes that he is a lot more intentional than perhaps what we oftentimes give him credit for. Uh, I think in, in Kanye's West display, certainly he has some mental health issues, but can you imagine, can you imagine the individuals that are paying attention to this, Jake? These are your, 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 your Trump base. So what this does, yep. it just simply, it simply <clears throat> validates underneath what, un, under the garment, what they speak about in regards to us as, as a people. He validated that in the nation's highest office. He went in there and he embarrassed a people. And for those who are going to step back and say, no, he didn't embarrass me, yes, he did, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to defy the fact that it was an individual insult on who we are as an intelligent race. I think that Donald Trump put probably one of the most racist persons in there, meaning Ted Nugent, okay? But when you look at the, the antics of Kanye West and what he did, that is the degradation or the attempt to degrade entire people. But then also, once again, Donald Trump is pretty intentional. If you think about this last month in regard to yeah. the Kavanaugh um, and, and, and his campaign stump speeches, and, and now people are now talking about Kanye West and will probably talk about Kanye West for another you know, three or four days. But what's missing is his criminal activities in the Russian uh, investigation, the Russian probe. Yeah. See, all of those things that are of great credit, he has simply just distracted America as he is mm-hmm. gifted at doing and we allow him to do yep. so. But, of course, how can you deny every day the antics and the shenanigans and the blatantness of, of this particular uh, individual who now sits in Washington, D.C., representing the American people in whole? So, again, the display depicted by Kanye West was more than just him individual because to the Trump base, when he plays this at his campaign rallies, or when they, or, 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 or when they um, huddle up in, in, in the local lodges and in the Moose lodges and, and, and go to school, they talk about us as a people, not just Kanye West, because they see us, us, Black Americans, African Americans, whichever we, we we choose to 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 indicate or, or, or identify as, that's what they saw. And again, just a just an intentional display by Donald Trump. Yeah, it uh, was well said, man. I mean, this guy is this is this is uh, you can't make you can't make this stuff up. I mean, you just can't make it up. It's uh, unreal. All right, look, we're gonna step out real quick. NPR news update. Uh, then uh, I'm gonna get one comment in because I got to right. The pastor, the pastor threatened me too. I'm gonna read you his comments after the break. Then we'll get into on a need to know basis with Jerome Spree. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. Facebook has released more details on last month's security breach that exposed the personal details of millions of users. NPR's Camilla Dominoski reports that the company has set up a website that users can check to see if their account was hacked. In the last two weeks of September, attackers exploited three bugs in Facebook's code to gain access to users' accounts. They didn't get any passwords, but they didn't have to. They were able to act just like they were logged in. Facebook now says 30 million people had their accounts accessed. 
About half had their name and email or phone number taken. But for 14 million, the attackers viewed more, including their gender, religion, birthday, recent location check-ins, and search history. Facebook wouldn't discuss who carried out the attack or why, citing an active FBI investigation. Camila Dominowski, NPR News. Moody's upgraded Portugal's credit rating from junk to investment grade, the last leading rating agency to do so. The move puts Portugal back in investment-ready territory for the first time since 2011 when it was forced into a bailout, as Alison Roberts reports from Lisbon. Moody's explained its decision to upgrade Portugal's debt by one notch by citing a downward trend, albeit gradual, in public indebtedness and more robust finances generally that should help the country absorb economic shocks. The news marks a symbolic end to a difficult chapter for Portugal. Moody's said the outlook for the new rating is stable, so there's little prospect of Portugal's landing back in the junk basket anytime soon. For NTR News, I'm Alison Roberts in Lisbon. And I'm Giles Snyder in Culver City. And uh, the only reason why we're doing Chatterbox, everyone knows who listens to the show. When Mr. Elias is not here, we usually don't do Chatterbox because Mr. Elias plays a very vital role behind the scenes. And so me as well. So I really don't have the ability to do what Mr. Elias does when it comes to the world-famous chat room. I got other stuff going on. But I got threatened by the pastor saying, you know, let me just read what he said, and then uh, you be the judge of this man of Christ. He says, listen, Jay, if you didn't, didn't read my remarks this morning, I would have personally driven to Houston to deal with you. Uh, were you going to pray for me, Pastor, or were you going to put your hands on me? Hmm, I don't know. All I can say is that we need to pray for Kanye West. Like Jerome said in his remarks, we are witnessing a train wreck. And to echo Don Lemon's words, someone in this camp needs to intervene. This is a sad, sad, sad situation. Then he comes back and put LOL. I know you didn't do that. Yes, I did, Pastor. Love you. And uh, so, just going to read his comment this morning. Uh, I know a uh, convener man, I'm sorry, man. We will get your comments in. Next time, I'll make it a point to try to get in, and maybe I can try to find your comments on the phone. That being said, uh, you know what time it is. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, it's time for me and Mr. Elias' favorite time of the show. It's called On the Need to No Basis, where our main man, Mr. Jerome, is free. Man, Jerome, man, what's on the docket for this morning? Sir, you know, the Dow Jones plunged more than 1,300 points uh, uh-huh. in two days this week. It was the second yes. consecutive... Um, close that showed significant loss. It fell about 545 points, or 2.1%, on um, Thursday. It was the sixth straight day of losses um, for the market, and um, by raising the interest rates, the interest rates was raised, and, um, you know, it did recover a little bit, but not much. So, for everybody keeps claiming the economy, the economy, Trump's going to keep bringing in Kanye West to try to distract people from what's going on during the week. Like, I don't, I don't want to deal with it. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw Saturday Night Live, um, who did their oh, I did. Kanye West. Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, my, you have to see it. So, Alec Baldwin is playing oh, And so, while Kanye is ranting and saying what he's saying, 
uh, Alec Baldwin's thought goes, Kanye is the black Trump. That's what he kept thinking. Because he kept being so <laughs> He said what I'm thinking. The black Trump. Oh, my God. And, and Kanye, mm. if you're listening, that's not a compliment. <laughs> Don't believe oh, that. Gosh. All right. <laughs> Consumer prices rose slightly in September, largely due to a decrease of energy prices. That's according to the Labor Department. Mortgage rates jumped to a seven-year high. Aims anxiety over the rising interest rates and also have shaken stocks. So mortgage buyer Freddie Mac said Thursday that the rate of 30-year fixed-rate mortgages jumped to an average of 4.9%. Uh, um, that's this week from 4.7 last week. So mortgage rates are also going up. Um, the Postal Service is proposing... This is not necessarily Postal Service. This is kind of the executive side. They're proposing a 5% increase in first-class stamps. 5 cents increase. So if you're getting a 50 cent stamp now, it will be 55%. Now, I mean 55 cents. Now, the approval, it has to be approved by regulators. Uh, the 10% increase to the cost of mailing a one-ounce letter would be the biggest since 1991. And I think it, I think then it was only three cents. They have never raised postal rates that fast or that high in one term. They, used they to have to. I mean, they're losing money. Cents. They're not losing money. They're making money on the passenger side. That's what Trump's argument was: is that uh, okay. postal service is not making money. But nobody ever takes time to explain what's happened with the postal service. So what happens with them is that through UPS. FedEx, they actually use the post office in between their shipping from their stops when they get overwhelmed in their packs. So the postal service is making a ton of money on shipping with Amazon and all these people, people buying stuff online. The problem okay. with the post office is their revenue isn't high because they make the postal office, according to, um, I guess it was a law that George W. Bush put in, or Congress put in the budget, that they have to store... 10 years worth of pension for postal workers, which is making them cash poor. This is something Congress can easily fix, but the post office does not have money because Congress intentionally suck money, and they don't pay a dime to Congress in the federal budget. I mean, sorry, to the post office in the federal budget. They get no money. So the post office isn't even using your money anymore, but they have to store 10 years worth worth of pension for every postal worker even if they're working right now. So that's why the post office does not have money. It's a political <clears throat> issue, no, okay. not a revenue issue. So stamps, does not, they do not have to be raised to cover anything but that 10 years' worth of pension that Congress makes them stash someplace. So oh, that, that's, I know it's a long explanation, but that's why nobody ever explains it. But the post office is not poor and broke. Like, you know, people, and so Trump has been making that case, but shipping um, packages is actually a revenue, is generating a lot of revenue for the post office. No. Oh, All right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Pope, yeah, Pope Francis blames the devil for sexual abuse crisis in the Catholic Church. Now, Pope Francis I said, do, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, Pope Francis says Satan is to blame for sexual abuse crisis and deep divisions in the church and asked Catholics around the world 
to recite a special prayer every day in October to try to beat the devil back. You know what they need to do to help beat the devil back? Put some fools in jail for touching little kids. That would help out a lot. You know, I just want to put that out there just in case the Pope is asking my opinion. Yeah. I I just don't understand how people can get away with breaking the law, and because they have a certain position or title, they can get away with it. You're going to resign. I mean, we talked about this the other week with, with Scott Pruitt. I mean, all the money that guy stole, he just lost his job. Okay. Right. I'm going to tell you this. Everything doesn't come down to race, but most things do. And I can guarantee you, if any of them, any of them was black, they would have been made an example of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I think we are talking about, you know, again, we wouldn't have been on the Supreme Court. That woman's testimony was so compelling that there's no way that you wouldn't breathe a white female over anybody else. But they changed it to make Kavanaugh a victim. That is masterful. I think we need to study this as a class. <laughs> but when you can do that, that's crazy. Make the white man feel like, oh, my God, I can't believe how they treat him. <laughs> yep. Now, um, a Chinese spy is charged uh, with trying to steal America's aviation secrets by recruiting GE aviation staff. So earlier this week, a senior officer with Chinese Ministry of State Security, the MSS, was um, lured to Belgium by FBI agents who then transferred him to um, the U.S. for prosecution on espionage charges. So okay. I guess um, Trump isn't stopping the FBI from doing a job in all cases, just in the Kavanaugh case. Apparently they're still working. All right. Um, Washington State Supreme Court declares death penalty racial, racially discriminatory and unconstitutional um, four years after the governor put a moratorium on executions. Now, Washington Supreme Court unanimously struck down the state's death penalty on Thursday, ruling that it had been handed down, it had been handing down sentences in an arbitrarily, an arbitrary and racially discriminatory matter. So, if you're in Washington, there will be no more, um, they, they struck it down. I don't know where it's going to go if they'll try to change the law, but obviously, in the state of Washington, which not a lot of black folks, they pretty much give the death penalty to black people more than anybody else. Mm. All right. So, yeah, I know it's shocking, flash. right? Like, we, we, all of our news <laughs> is bad news, right? Yeah. It's not technically bad news to us if we actually knew what was going on. Um, Walmart is teaming up with MGM to take on Amazon with its video-on-demand service, Voodoo. So, Walmart is okay. partnering with yeah, they're they're creating they're gonna create content for a Voodoo on demand service, which the retailer brought eight years ago. They bought it eight years ago. And they're trying to compete with Netflix and Amazon. So we'll see how this goes. Walmart. You might as well get that. <laughs> but um <laughs> they're they're gonna try. You know. Um Microsoft is testing a new game streaming service called Project X Cloud. Now, I don't know who makes the um the Xbox, I don't know if it's Apple, maybe, but Microsoft now it's, has... Uh, it's, it's the, you said the Xbox, that's uh, uh, Microsoft. It's Microsoft that has Xbox? Yep. Okay, so yeah, so they're coming out with a new one, X, the Project X Cloud. It's designed to work across PCs, consoles, 
and mobile devices. So they just came up with something a little different. Mm. All right, so if somebody is having a heart attack, you know, New York Presbyterian Hospital came up with a new musical way to help people remember. So if you remember this story a long time ago, where they're saying, you know, do compressions at the beat of this song. So they created a spoofy playlist of probably 65 songs that has 100 beats per minute so that you can time your CPR um, compressions. And um, some of the songs listed um, has sent people on social media in the hysterics. But the, the ones that they usually use is like Heartbreaker, right, by Mariah Carey. And I will survive by Gloria Gaynor and staying alive. Okay. Right. But okay. If you if you need to bring that to the millennials a little bit, you can do Notorious by Notorious B.I.G. or What's Going On <laughs> by uh, Marvin Gaye, Crazy in Love by uh, Beyonce, Sitting on the Dock okay. Bay uh, by Otis Redding, and Man in the Mirror with Michael Jackson. So if you don't know those other songs, you should. We should probably have one that you can remember. But I can't remember, I, I mean, I can't imagine doing CPR singing Crazy in Love. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, that's that Beyonce song. Never mind. Um, <laughs> we should put that on the board. We could have made that a, um, a transition song while we were doing this. This is the song that you need. <laughs> All right, my bad. All right, so new technology enables law enforcement to use DNA from sites like Ancestry.com to track down criminals by finding their relatives. Now, if you have never listened to this show before, you have missed out on me telling people all the time, do not, under those circumstances, get your DNA swabbed on any of those services because it is going to come back to bite you, and this is how. They're saying the new technology enables law enforcement it made it easier for police to use family members DNA to catch people like they did the guy Joseph um, James D'Angelo who was the suspected go to state killer they said that new technology is raising privacy concerns and of course it will because you are voluntarily giving it to them so they don't have to respect your privacy you're paying them to give you a DNA test so technically you're giving up your rights when you give it to them but, so no matter where you go, everybody in your family is at risk when you give up your DNA. It's pretty much what they're saying. Mm. All right. Ford is planning to lay off 24,000 staff globally. Yep. Um, it revealed that, that wow. Trump's tariffs is costing them $1 billion. Yep. Thanks, Trump. Go ahead, Jay. What were you going to say? No, I was saying I was agreeing. Yep, you're right. Yep. So, hey, now there's, now there's problems. Now, a federal judge ruled in a lawsuit against San Francisco um, police in 2015 shooting of a black man can go to trial uh, citing a new release video that doubts the officer's account of killing, uh, <laughs> of the killing. So Mario Woods, 26, was unarmed with a knife. I mean, he was armed with a knife. He was shot 21 times killed by seven San Francisco police officers doing a stand-up in December 2015, and um, he was shot while he was on the ground, too. So his account was very different until they showed the video. So I don't know I don't know how you can take a policeman's um, um, testimony now 
Because every time they tell a story and we see a video, they're lying. So what kind of witnesses do they make now? That's doing injustice to the whole profession. Because now they're all caught in lies. Now, a sheriff's department in Arkansas is facing criticism for forcing inmates to wear Nike shirts in their mugshots. This is apparently a jab at the Colin Kaepernick um, kneeling in his deal with Nike. So, again, it shows that when you have control of something, you can do some really idiotic things to give impressions. So, they're putting everybody in mugshots with Nike shirts on. I don't know what it's supposed to do, but, you know. Now, authorities authorities uh, have found 123 missing children in just one day in a Michigan sex trafficking operation. The authorities said they, they had, um, located them in Wayne County area that includes Detroit as a part of a one-day sweep last month. So in one day, 123 missing kids. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. I, I still can't right. believe that. I still can't believe that this is being allowed. A federal judge has ruled that they have to do this. And they're just saying the heck with the federal judge. We're going to do what we want to do. I, I mean, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know what to say about it. Now, there's a, um, a new fingerprint test for cannabis, cocaine, and heroin. They're saying there's a, a scanner that can read the sweat off of a living or dead person in just about 10 minutes. I don't know why it takes so long. Up to a 99% accuracy. So they said they used the technology developed by um, Cambridge firm um, Intelligent Fingerprinting to test its effectiveness on four groups of drugs um, regularly abused by addicts. So it's cannabis, um, cocaine, and heroin. And I don't know what the fourth one was, but it better be methamphetamine. <laughs> that is the number one drug in this country. But they said that there's now a standard. Did you say sweat off a dead person? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I, I didn't they know they sweated. I didn't know they did that. Oh, yeah, I, okay, well. Uh, see, I got a bunch of bad jokes with that, but I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> Thank you. Sweat off a dead person. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, it's, I have bad jokes. But anyway, um, you know, doctors are selling uh, uh, cannabis-infused ice cream. You know, LES isn't here today, so I don't know the brand. But uh, it says that it helps their patients manage anxiety and pain. So they have like a heavenly hash. Oh, by the way, the C it's called CBD, which is a non-psychoactive um, compound found in marijuana. So the ice cream won't get you high, but it will help with pain and anxiety. Just wanted to put that out there. Some good information, Jerome. Thank you very much for those who want to engage hey. in that. Thank you. We do public service announcements here, so. Um, Absolutely, you're a GOP, right. <laughs> yeah, a GOP <laughs> official in um, Kansas resigned after calling Native American congressional can- candidate a uh, racial, uh, radical socialist kickboxing lesbian. And he threatened to send her past wow. to the reservation. So now this guy, Michael Kali, um, mm-hmm. he stepped down on Wednesday. as the, He was the head of the GOP. And um, in the Kansas area, he was a precinct committee member, and um, near Kansas City, after making those disparaging comments about that congressional ca- candidate, he stepped down. See, again, this plays into our theme today. You can say whatever the heck you want and expect no repercussions. 
Yeah. Unbelievable. Now, this is crazy. Yeah, a, a sitting a sitting Republican um, con- con- congressman, his trial date that was set for the year 2020, um, he wanted to postpone his trial until after the election. So Chris Collins, who wants to seek re-election in 2020, wanted them to postpone his trial in 2020. And the federal judge overruled it. So you're going to go to trial while you're seeking re-election because his trial is about him, um, illegal campaign funds. So he wanted to wait till after. He wanted to use the illegal campaign funds, run for office, and then say, <laughs> yeah, just, I don't have the money no more. Uh, yeah, that was a nice trial. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, nice, yeah, nice try. All right. Jerome, we have time for two more, sir. <clears throat> okay. A San Francisco... Um, school board president dropped the Pledge of Allegiance in favor of quotes from acclaimed our authors Maya Angelou and Toni Morrison. So he is the newly appointed president of the San Francisco School Board. He broke with tradition on Tuesday by skipping over the Pledge of Allegiance um, after roll call was taken, and he did not ask those in attendance to stand for the pledge. And he said, he said, um, when you learn, teach; when you get, give. There are a lot of ways to express gratitude and appreciation for the country and its citizens. And he continued on with business. That was his new Pledge of Allegiance. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Ryan Ryan Coogler, who directed Black Panther and wrote it, is set to write and direct Black Panther 2. That's according to a variety um, magazine. He also just wrote and... um, he is executive producer on Creed 2, because he executive produced and wrote Creed 1, the Rocky story with Michael B. Jordan. Yes. That's coming I can't out wait. in November. Thanksgiving. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but by the way, if you don't know, Black Panther that premiered on February 16th made almost $1.4 billion. Boom. So Got to love it. Thing. There you go. That's a beautiful thing. All right. Way to end the show. I like like the way you ended that, man. Good. Instead of some of those other crazy stories, you'd be freaking in here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a Houston bar is launching a, uh, a beer for dogs that sells for five dollars. I didn't want to end on that one, but oh god, and you just did. Thank My you, bad. <laughs> you didn't want to end on it. You just did, Jerome. Thank you. <laughs> All right, well, listen. The floor is yours. It's time for final thoughts, Jerome. Give me your final thoughts. Somebody dog is somebody selling beer to dogs for five dollars. That's it. Everybody have a good week. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Oh God, and Johnny D, man, final thoughts, sir. Uh, before I go into my final thoughts, let me just say this right here. Uh, earlier today, uh, Miss Vanessa said something about the men taking knees, football players taking knees, and, and certainly uh, I just think that they need to do more uh, than take a knee. So to be quite honest, I've challenged uh, a lot of the listeners to do more. Uh, so I've been inspired by having an opportunity. Like I say, my, my, my Sundays are, are just my day. You know, now I get a chance to, to serve the Lord in the morning. I get a chance to be part of this broadcast. And then, like today, I sit here and wait on my Steelers to play. So this, this is this is just great for me. But what I have done is started to formulate a a, a group. Um, and Jay again has been inspired by just the, the thought about inspiring. You know, we we talk about 
educating our people in this forum here, and this venue gives us an opportunity to, to as I say, infotain uh, a, a group of listeners. But in November, I'm going to have my first Square of Knowledge meeting, and this is where I bring together old men to talk to young men and young men to talk to old men. So that's one of the things that have grown from this particular show and my involvement in it. So as I say, brother, this this you allow me an opportunity, and, and after 30 years reaching out to me, uh, you just don't know how, how 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 blessed I have been to have you and the other contributors in my life. And this has inspired me to do, you know, coaching, you know, youth athletics and stuff is what I've been doing to kind of give back, but now I'm looking at a more broader perspective because our people are, are not informed and they need to be informed on a lot of the things that's going on. So in November, I started the Square of Knowledge, and again, that's where old men sat down with young men, and young men sat down with, with old men, and we just talk out some things. So again, thank you. Thank you to the listeners, and I'm glad to be a part of this broadcast. Hey, man, listen, let me just say my final thoughts and just to piggyback on that. We have been talking about you doing a show, and I'm hoping that that will be coming here real soon here on the TGRS Radio Network. Uh, it's been a truly blessing. It's a blessing to share the stage with just outstanding human beings. And I'm not going to say outstanding black human beings, just outstanding human beings. These guys are the cream of the crop. You know, the bottom line is every Sunday we come here and we try to bring you the very best that we can bring you. We talk knowledge. The concept of the serious side, three friends meeting for breakfast at the Smooth Jazz Cafe and sit down and just talk. And look what it's evolved to after all these years. So I just want to say thank you to everyone that's a part of my radio family. I love you guys unconditionally. What we do, I think, is a service. Some of the mail I get from people during the week thank us for being who we are, asking how can you find us on how can you find us on Sirius Radio? We want to listen in our car. We want to do this. Listen, get out, and tell a friend about the show. The only way you can make change has got to be a movement. And don't forget to get out there and vote, man. This is an important election coming up. Get out and do what you need to do. And like Mr. Elias always says, get out and execute your constitutional right to vote because these Republicans are trying to take it away from you. If you are registered to vote and you're not voting, shame on you. Shame on you, shame on you, shame on you. And on that note, Mr. Jerome Esprit, if it is Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? Oh, it's time for the serious side of the J. Rowe Show. Got some positive brothers and some smart black men. I love it. Nothing but education for you every Sunday. So for Dr. Dr. Uh, Kathleen Williams, for uh, Jackie, Johnny D, I'm Jay Riles saying have a great work week. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And remember, it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. God bless. See you next week, folks. Take care. Song, live the spirit of the new man, Mark. It's the anniversary. <laughs> out. Oh, that's right. We'll talk about it next Sunday, Jerome. Thank you for bringing it up. All right. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.